It's War Week at Revival Tabernacle. Thank you for joining us as we lead youth from all over the country in a week-long experience of missions and service. Highland Park and Detroit, Michigan are being blessed right now by our youth teams with the work of their hearts and their hands. They are cleaning and beautifying parks and streets and stretching a prayer line across the city on Woodward Avenue. Every morning and evening this week, our pastors and guest speakers are challenging them with the Word of God, inviting them to take steps towards spiritual growth, and encouraging them to put their faith into action. Thank you for listening to this special podcast from War Week 2016. And if anybody's wondering where Pastor Steve learned to sing, I taught him everything he knows, so all credit to me. But while he was singing, I was writing a couple things down that I thought were for you guys this morning. Now, I want to encourage you guys to take notes, whether it's on your phone, whether it's in a notebook, or whether it's in your head, um, mental notes. Um, But Pastor Devin has taught me that if you take notes in church, you are 87% more likely to get into heaven. Yeah, that's, that's what he told me. So it's a good thing to take notes in church. You know, we take notes in school because we know that we're going to be tested. And in Christianity, we forget that we're also going to be tested. So it's good to take notes in church, too. Um, you guys are awesome. You're actually listening to me and getting something. This is so much better than my church. Okay, are we getting settled here? I want you to write three things down. I'm going to give you all three of them from the jump, and then I'm just going to say a couple things about them. These are three things that you have to learn how to do. Three things, write it this way, three things I have to learn how to do. Because if you write it in the first person, even if you don't listen to anybody else, we always listen to ourselves. So sometimes it's good to write sermon notes in the first person. Three things I have to learn how to do, okay? Number one, I have to learn how to talk to God. I have to learn how to talk to God. Number two, I have to learn how to listen to God. And number three, I have to learn how to represent God. I have to learn how to talk to God, I have to learn how to listen to God, and I have to learn how to represent God. Now, I've been walking with God for 15 years, I am a pastor, I am still learning how to do these things. And I know that any leader here would agree with me on that. This is not something that you perfect, this is not something that you get, this is something that you're gonna have to learn how to do and continue to do when you leave War Week. How can I talk to God, how can I listen to God, and how can I represent God? Those are the three things I wanna give you really quickly this morning. Now let me ask you guys a quick question. How many of you have ever been on an airplane before? Have you ever been on a before? Okay, so I don't know what you know about airplanes. As soon as I get done talking, unfortunately I can't stay for tonight. I have to get on an airplane, I have to go back to New York City. I have a hot date with my wife. I love you guys, but I love her more, so I'm going on the airplane with uh, my wife here. So. Here's the thing about airplanes that I've learned. Um, whenever you're on an airplane, <laughs> it's really funny. Have you ever been on an airplane before and you hit turbulence? Have you ever had that happen before where the, the plane just starts shaking? You, you learn real quick um, who believes in Jesus whenever you hit turbulence, okay? It's so funny because you could be sitting next to an atheist, and as soon as you hit turbulence, oh, Jesus, Jesus, you know, just never will you hear on an airplane Never. I don't care what religion. You will never hear turbulence come on an airplane. Oh, Buddha, Buddha. No, nobody's doing that. 
ever. It's Jesus, Jesus, you know, even those that don't know Jesus, because there's something inside of us that says when we hit trouble, we have to call on Jesus, okay? So I was on an airplane recently, and I was flying, and I don't know if you realize this or not, but airplanes have come a long way. They're very advanced now, and on an airplane, they actually have uh, free Wi-Fi for a lot of different airlines. So whatever you can do on earth, you can now do 30,000 feet in the sky. It's a pretty incredible thing. So I'm on this airplane, and I am looking at the girl that's sitting across from me. And I'm kind of like, you know, looking at her, slash eavesdropping, slash spying, just looking at her, right? And I'm watching what she's doing, and she has a laptop out. She has earphones on. There's a screen on in front of her, and, and I'm watching her, and as I'm watching her, I start to realize that she's doing multiple things, and I kid you not, this woman that was about my age, she's on the airplane, and I'm looking at her screen, I'm watching her, she is literally um, listening to music, she was texting a friend, she was on Facebook, she was building her own website, and she was watching a movie all at the same time. And I was like, okay, I have two thoughts about this. I said, number one, I'm impressed. That's some serious multitasking. Number two, I started thinking about something that I think is so much of a struggle for us when we're so often on our phones and in front of screens. You know, they don't call you guys teenagers anymore. They call you screenagers. That's what they say, okay? So here's what I've learned about my own life, okay? Because the Bible, or I'm not sorry, the Bible, but I'm going to get to the Bible in a minute. It says that you guys, okay, you teenagers are the most connected generation that has ever lived. You're the most connected generation that has ever lived. But what I have known is that when we become more accessible to everybody, we become less available to God. When you become more accessible to everybody, you become less available to God. And what happens is we're talking to everybody except God. And this is something that you're going to have to learn how to do. And sometimes church cannot teach you, a pastor cannot teach you, a book cannot teach you. The best way to learn how to pray and talk to God is to pray and talk to God. Real quick, let's just ask this question. How many people think they have like a good definition of prayer? I'd love to hear from you guys. Just lift your hand. You can shout it out or whatever. Just how would you define prayer? If you had to explain it to somebody today on the street that has no idea what prayer is, what is prayer? How would you answer that question? Yeah. Talking to God. Amazing. Anybody else? Yeah. Having a conversation with God. Anybody else? Prayer. Communicating with God. Good. Yeah. What's that? Another one? You got a good one? No? Okay. Amazing. Um, I agree with all of you. I think these are all great answers. It's, it's talking with God, having a conversation. About what? What do you talk to God about? Like you talk to your parents, you talk to your pastor, you talk to your friends. The same things you talk to them about, you have to talk to God about. You talk to him about other people. You talk to him about yourself. What makes you mad? Tell God that. What makes you sad? Tell God that. The thing that you're struggling with, tell God that. How many know that you have to be real with God? You can't fake God out. You can't get over on God. You cannot trick God. And here's what I've learned from my own life. God cannot bless who you're pretending to be. He can only bless you, the real you. So if there's anybody to be real with and to be raw with, it is God. 
Don't feel like you have to have a necklace around your neck. Don't feel like you have to do certain things. Don't feel like you have to be, oh, holy father in heaven. Just talk to God, and you can do that. And, and I think something that I've learned that I just want to share with you guys, and that I'm still learning over the last couple months, I've, I've felt convicted myself because I feel like what I've learned is that God not only wants to be your father, he wants to be your friend. And some of you need to get that this week. God not only wants to be your father, he wants to be your friend. Now, how many have a best friend? Like, I know we all have good friends. How many have, like, a best friend? Like, that's my best friend. Like, that's my ride or die. That's my person, okay? Now, I want to just imagine this one. Imagine you were spending the day with your best friend. Whatever you like to do. I don't know what you do. Maybe you shop. Maybe you play sports. Maybe you go to the mall. Maybe you go to the movies. Whatever you do. But just imagine that you spend the entire day with your best friend, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all 24 hours with them, and you're hanging out with them the entire day, just the two of you, but you never say a word to each other. Awkward. Isn't that weird? That would be like the weirdest thing in the world. And I was thinking about that the other day, and isn't that how Jesus must feel so often with us? We go about our entire day doing whatever we do, and we don't say one word to him. We go about our entire day doing this and doing that, and we're not talking with him. And the more that we talk with him, the closer that we get. But think about it. Sometimes I know myself. I'm a pastor. I can go the whole day, and I'm not even saying anything to God. And that's what he wants to remind you of this morning. He's not just a father. He's a friend. Don't let one day go by without talking to God. I don't care if it's just for one minute. Don't let a day go by without saying something to him. Whether it's the first few minutes of your day, whether it's in church, before church, after church, by yourself, with a friend, praying, do something. Talk to God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now here, I'm a pastor. I don't know if Pastor Juan would agree with this, Pastor Devin, Pastor Aaron, who is here, all these different guys. Um, But whenever you're a pastor, um, it, it can be very awkward outside of church because whenever you meet people um, in America, they ask you two questions. What is your name and what do you do? That's what they ask you. And I always have a struggle with that when I meet somebody on the street, in the barbershop, in the mall, and, and we're kicking it off, we're talking, and all of a sudden, like, yeah, what do you do? And like, I used to be like embarrassed. Like I didn't even want to tell them because I knew that they were going to begin to treat me differently as soon as I said I'm a pastor. I might as well just say I'm an alien, Okay. And I didn't like to do this. And I read this story. It was so funny to me because there was this pastor that had the same situation happen to him. And he was in this kind of like small group setting, if you will, in his country club with a bunch of businessmen. And it was a bunch of non-Christians. And he was the only Christian. He was the only pastor. And nobody really knew what he did. But every time they got together in a group, one of them had to stand up and say, this is what I do and uh, this is how I make a living. And he knew that that Wednesday night, it was his turn to stand up after weeks and weeks and weeks of getting to know these guys. He had to then tell them, I'm a pastor, and this is what I do. And he said, you know, I can't just tell them that I'm a pastor. I can't just say, this is what I do. So anyways, this guy stands up. Listen to what happened. This is a funny story. It says, this guy's name was Reverend Smith. It says, Reverend Smith is a minister who is active in his local Chicago country club. At club meetings each week, a member gives a brief statement about his job. When it was his turn, Reverend Smith stood up and said, not I'm a pastor, not I'm a church. He said this. He said, I'm with a global enterprise. He said, we have branches in every country in the world. 
We have our representatives in nearly every parliament and boardroom on earth. We're into motivation and behavior alteration. He said, we run hospitals, feeding programs, pregnancy centers, universities, publishing houses, and nursing homes. We care for our clients from birth to death. We are into life insurance and fire insurance. We perform spiritual heart transplants. Our original organizer owns all the real estate on earth, plus an assortment of galaxies and constellations. He knows everything and lives everywhere. Our product is free for the asking, but there's not enough money in the world to buy it. He said, our CEO was born in the backwoods, worked as a carpenter, didn't own a home, was misunderstood by his family, hated by his enemies, walked on water, was condemned to death without a trial, and arose from the, de arose from the dead. My boss oversees seven billion employees, but I still have meetings with him every single day. Is anybody glad to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ? Even though he's got 7 billion people on his mind, you can have a meeting with him every single day as you talk to him. You have to learn how to talk to God, okay? Number two, let me give it to you. You have to learn how to listen to God, okay? Learn how to listen to God. I want you just to elbow the person next to you and say, this is for you. This is for you. He's talking to you. Now elbow another person and say, don't judge me. I'm in church. You don't even know me. Why are you talking to me, okay? You have to learn how to listen to God, and this is what I've learned. I'll tell you one story. We're getting ready to pray here in just a minute. As much as you need to talk to God, he needs to talk to you. And if there was anything that God confirmed in my heart last night as I was listening to Pastor Steve, as we spend time in the presence of God, you need to understand something, that God is not too busy for you, and he is literally longing to hear your voice. He's longing to hear your voice. Now, I have a friend of mine that's a pastor. Something interesting happened to him a few years ago. He's a pastor in a different part of the country. He was at his house one day, and all of a sudden, he's sitting in his living room, and he gets a knock on his um, front door. So he goes to the door, he opens up the door, and it's this woman from his church, this young woman, and she says, hey, pastor, it's so good to see you. Listen, my father, he's in the hospital, and he's dying. Could you please come see him? And he says, absolutely, I'll be there right away. And my friend who's the pastor goes to the hospital and he sees this man literally lying on his deathbed in his last days probably and the pastor begins talking to him, just the two of them in the room. And the guy on his deathbed says to the pastor, Pastor, I, I gotta ask you a question. I gotta ask you a question. I, it, it's a question about prayer. You know, I, I've always heard about prayer. I've read some books on prayer. I've heard some sermons about prayer. I've tried to tell other people about prayer, but I'll be honest with you, Pastor. This is something that's always been hard for me to kind of understand. And uh, he says, listen, this, this, is how, this is how I do prayer. And I just wanted to ask you, Pastor, in your opinion, is this right? And the pastor said, well, well ask me. Please ask me. And the guy's laying on his deathbed. He said, well, what I've been doing for about the last year is every morning I wake up and I put two chairs in my house. And I sit in one chair, and there's a chair across from me that's an empty chair. And I sit in that chair for about an hour, and I just pretend like Jesus is in that empty chair. And I just talk to the chair as if it were Jesus. Now, I know that's kind of weird, but Pastor, i got to ask you, is that, is that okay? Is that like allowed? Is that, is that really prayer? And the pastor said, you know what, that is the most simple, sincere 
beautiful thing I've heard. That is absolutely prayer. And the Bible says that Jesus is always with you, so he's with you in that chair, and you talk to Jesus in those moments. And the guy on his deathbed, oh, thanks, thank you so much, thank you so much. So anyways, about three days goes by, and the pastor's back at his house, and he's sitting there in his living room, and then all of a sudden, he gets a knock on his front door. He answers the door, and it's the young woman again. And she says, hey, pastor, um, you know, thanks so much for coming by the other day. I just want to let you know that my, my dad died, and uh, he, he passed away this morning. And uh, the pastor said, I'm so sorry to hear that. How are you doing? Are you at peace? And she said, I'm at peace. You know, I'm sad. Uh, she goes, but you know what? The strangest thing happened. You know, I was with him this morning, and we were just talking together. And then all of a sudden, I just ran out to grab something. I came back an hour later, and that's when he was dead. But when, when I walked into the hospital room to see him, no one else is in there. And, and it was so strange to me. I'm trying to make sense of it. But I walked into the hospital room, and I saw him. And he wasn't in the bed. He was next to the bed, and there was an empty chair next to the bed, and I found him dead, laying there with his head on an empty chair. And as soon as she said that, the pastor said, oh, I know exactly what he was doing. He died in the arms of Jesus. Don't worry about your father. He's with Jesus now. How many want to learn more how to listen to God in that type of intimate way? Don't just talk to God. Learn how to listen to God. Now, I'm going to give you the third one that we're going to pray together, okay? Um, you need to learn how to represent God. This is what you're going to do today. As Pastor Devin, Pastor Juan sends you guys out into the streets, you are going to represent God today. This is, this is a big deal. This is an awesome thing. Let me illustrate this for a second. How many of you like to watch movies? Anybody like to watch movies? Okay. How many are like me? How many like a good action movie? Like, you're not going to watch it unless something's getting blown up, shot up, tore up. Okay, that's you. Um, how many like a good comedy? Like, you're just like, I want to laugh, man. Like, I need to laugh. Um, what about a good romantic movie? You like a romantic movie? Come on. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you for being honest. You in the notebook tonight after service. Now, here's the deal. Um, whenever you see a movie, typically what you have done before you went and watched a good movie, a lot of times there was a good preview to the movie. In fact, the entire point of watching a good preview is to remind you to go see the movie. So what I have learned is that whenever I see a preview that I like, what I will do is I will begin to get excited, I will begin to mark my calendar, I will invite my friends, and I will do whatever I gotta do to get into the building and the theater that night to watch the movie. Why do I do that? Because there was a good preview. Let me tell you what you're gonna do today. All you are is a preview to the real thing. Whenever people see you, it should be a reminder to get them to want to go see the real thing. And when people hear you on the street, they should hear Jesus. When they see you on the street, they should see Jesus. When they get around you on the street, they should feel Jesus. And what that will do is they will start to get a desire to come into the presence of God and get the real thing. Why? Because they saw a good preview in you. This is what is gonna happen today. And my prayer for you and what we're getting ready to pray for is that God would literally baptize us with the love of Jesus today. Because I'm gonna tell you something, cleaning does not open people's hearts. Passing out a flyer does not open people's hearts. Knocking on a door does not open people's hearts. Love is what opened people's hearts.
And God needs to give us his love. The Bible says that his Holy Spirit will deposit his love into us. I don't have enough love in and of myself. I don't like people that much that I can do this on my own. God has to give me the very thing that I need to make a difference in somebody else's life. And that is what God is about to do. He is about to give us love. Hello, soundtrack. Um, It's God talking to us. So what I want to do before we pray, I want you guys to stand up on your feet. I'm going to tell you one last thing, and then we're just going to pray together and with each other. Okay? Now listen to me really quick. I want to tell you something that happened to me a couple years ago. There's a lady in our church who's been there for about 20 years now, amazing woman of God, faithful, serves in ministry. She's a youth leader. And I was sitting down with her one day, and I said, you know what, I don't know your story. I said, how did you come into church? Um, Like, you've been here for so long, I I don't even know. And I think that happens in church sometimes. We get so used to church people, we forgot how church people became church people. And I was talking, I said, what's your story? Like, how did you come to Christ? How did you come into the church? And she said, you know what happened? She goes, I was about 19 years old, and I literally walked in off the street into the church service. And everybody was singing songs, and I had no idea what they were singing about. I had no idea what they were lifting their hands about. I didn't know what was going on. They got done singing. The pastor came out. He said a prayer. I didn't understand it. He said amen. And then he said, before you sit down, why don't you hug a few people that are sitting in your area? I love this part of church because all the extroverts love this. They're like, oh, yes. And all the introverts are like, I'm going to the bathroom. Um, and, and she said, the pastor said, give a few hugs away in church. And everybody starts to hug each other. And she said, you know what, Pastor Todd? I was 19 years old, and that was the first time in my entire life that I had been hugged. That was the first time in my entire life I had been hugged. And why do I say that? You don't know the story of the person standing next to you. You don't know the person and their story of who's going to be out on the street that you have no idea what people have been through and what people are going through. And I'm telling you, the thing that is going to change their life and how God is going to use you today is by you just showing love to somebody. Don't worry. Don't, don't, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know 100 Bible verses. It's all good. All you got to do, love people. Smile at them. Serve them. Hug them, help them, do whatever you can to be a blessing to them. Just just ask God right now. God, give us a love that is not something that we have on our own. Baptize us with a supernatural love this morning so we can go out in those streets and make a difference for the glory of God. Can I get an amen in this place? Come on, let's clap our hands if we want that today. This is what I want to do. I want to just pray for you. What I want you to do, I want you just to kind of link arms with the person next to you. You don't have to kind of come together, get close here. Just, just kind of link arms, okay? We're family here. I know some of you haven't showered all week, but it's going to be good. All right? Now we're going to play together. And um, God's going to help us today. I want you to close your eyes, bow your heads. And uh, like we've been doing, what I want you to do right now in this moment, I just want you to just pray for the person, not even the person, you know what? Pray for your entire row there that's in your row. I just want you to to open up your own mouth. Don't pray for yourself. You pray for your entire row and say, God, give the people in this row, linking arms, a love from heaven, not in and of ourselves, but coming from your Holy Spirit. Give us a love for other people.
Come on, right now, open up your own mouth. Just begin to pray for the person on your left, the person on your right, that entire. God, baptize us with love, a love that changes people, a love that breaks chains, a love that brings people. Yes, Lord, Jesus, we need you. We need you, Jesus. God, we're not smart enough. We're not creative enough. We're not spiritual enough. But you, Jesus, are enough. And we have you, so we have everything that we need to do everything that you've called us to do. God, we pray that love would spill out on the streets of Highland Park today. We pray that love would go into every corner of this culture, God, that we would be light in every dark space in Highland Park, oh God. That you would give us a love that when people see us, they would say something is different, something is drawing me. So Holy Spirit, we pray your anointing right now upon this place. And God, we thank you for this time together this morning. And God, I ask you to help me, to help the youth leaders here, to help every student here. God, let us not be too prideful. Let us not be too religious. Let us not be too mature that we don't think we need to still learn how to talk to you and listen to you and represent you in everything that we do. Your word says whatever we do in word or deed, do it as a representative of Jesus Christ. So God, we honor you privately, we honor you publicly, everywhere that we go and everybody we come in contact with, God, I pray that we would represent you well and give you glory while we do everything that you ask us to do. God, we pray these things in faith and unity this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, if you believe that God's going to do great things today, why don't you clap your hands like you believe it. Now listen, stay right there. Don't move. I want to say a couple more things, and we're going to pray for something here. Um, this is the cool thing. How many have ever done this before? You've just been at school. You've been on your job. You've been in your neighborhood. You've been playing sports, and you've just been being a Christian. Like, you didn't even think you were doing anything. You were just being yourself, like being a Christian. And, and maybe it was like you weren't cursing like everybody else was cursing, or you weren't making fun of people the way that everybody else was making fun of people, or, you know, you weren't doing what everybody else was doing. And Somebody just looked at you, and they're like, you know what? There's something different about you. Has that ever happened to you before? They're like, I don't know what it is, but there, there's, there's something different about you. And what happens if you keep living out your faith wherever you're called to be, whatever city, whatever church, whatever campus, whatever job God has called you to, if you keep living out your faith out loud and people keep taking notice of you and saying, there's something different about you, there will come a time where God will set you up and you say, you know what, there is something different about me, but it's not something, it's someone, and his name is Jesus, and the way he changed me, he can change you. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And right now in this moment before we close, I'm going to ask Pastor Devin just to come up here. I want to pray for this guy. How many appreciate Pastor Devin? Is this guy amazing? Pastor Devin, come right here in the front. Come right here in the front. Now listen, let me tell you something about Pastor Devin. Anybody knows this guy? Um, you see him up on stage. He's singing. He's speaking. He's awesome. And uh, he's incredible. But the thing that I love about this guy is as amazing as he is up here on stage, anybody that knows him knows that he is way more impressive off the stage than he is on the stage. He's an amazing father. He's an amazing husband. He's praying for you guys when nobody else is looking. 
God is meeting him. And he, he, he has been anointed for this assignment of War Week. Does anybody believe that? And I think he's not just called to lead this event. I believe that God has called him to lead this city. I believe that God has called him to lead this city. And, and I want to just pray for him. And I don't want to make a big thing out of this. But, you know, I've been staying at his house while I've been here. And this morning, we both were up really, really early. And he had got a phone call from somebody in his family and uh, that his grandmother was just not doing good. And uh, we don't have to share all the details. She wasn't doing good. She's doing a little bit better now, which we're thankful for. And uh, I'll pray for her, her in just a moment. But what I want you guys to do, I want you guys to pray for him. And what I'm going to ask, Devin, you just face me. Maybe just a few of you guys in the front row, Pastor Juan, Aaron, just come up here. Just, just lay your hands on Pastor Devin. We're going to pray for Pastor Devin. We're going we're gonna to speak gratitude over his life. We're going to thank God for this servant that he has raised up to lead this event and lead this city. And we're going to pray that God gives him strength where he is weak, that God blesses him in every area that he needs blessed. And we're going to pray for him and his family and the future of Warwick. Come on, you out there, would you stretch out your hands towards Devin? Come on, lift up your voice towards him right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, we thank you for this servant that you have raised up for such a time as this. Before he was ever born, you knew that he would be standing right here. And you have anointed him for this assignment. So, God, we pray you strengthen him in every area that he is weak. God, I pray that he would have the mind of Christ and the heart of God as he leads these people. And he leads this event. And he leads this city to a move of God. Lord, we refuse to settle for good church services. We need a move of your Holy Spirit in this city. We need something that doesn't make sense. We need an undeniable move of your power, God. Lord, we pray for an explosion of salvation. We pray for leaders to be raised up. We pray for you to send people into this city, God. We pray for this place to be a beacon of light, God, in such a dark place. So, God, we pray that you anoint him. We thank you for him. We thank you for Courtney. We thank you for his kids, oh, God. Would you watch over them and bless them and provide for them in this time, oh, God. And we pray that you would lead him as he leads all of us. We thank you for him. We give you gratitude for him, God. And Lord, we just lift up his grandmother to you. God, we speak healing over her body right now in the name of Jesus. We pray that you would restore her, that you would remove discomfort and disease from her, God. You would watch over her and every person that takes care of her. Give Devin strength and stability during this time, God. Let him lead his family well, God. Let him be focused on your cause. And Lord, we thank you for him and what you're about to do through him and in him and around him for your glory right here in Highland Park. God, we thank you for War Week, and we believe that the best is yet to come, Lord. We believe it with all of our hearts, God. So we give you honor and glory for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you're going to continue to do. We give you praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, can we give God praise one more time? Amazing. Come on, give him a hug. He deserves it. He's incredible. Okay. We're going to move on and send you guys out for the day. I'm not sure if that's Pastor Juan or Pastor Devin or Sam. Oh, I love it. Sam is amazing. Come on up here, Sam. Give it up for Sam. Okay. Well, let's give it up for Pastor Todd. That was awesome all week long. Thank you so much. That. This is, this has been a great week. Um, I'm going to pray for you guys in a second, and then we're going to have you guys get in 
some groups and yes we're going to talk about soon about going out into this community and what it's going to look like to to go door to door and to pray for people and to show God's love but we're going to take a moment in our groups and talk about and come up with a real plan of what that can look like for each of you to spend time learning how to pray, learning how to listen, and learning how to represent God, and what that what that can really actually tangibly look like for you guys on a day-to-day basis. I know in my own life it has been different, different ways at different times. When I was in high school, at one point I was able to get home at 1 o'clock in the afternoon every day, which was great. And I had a rule, no homework, no TV, no hanging out until I spent an hour with the Lord. At other times, it was get up early every day and memorize a new verse every day and attempt at memorizing all the old verses, too. I was bad at it. I would mix, I would mix things up. I tried, though. So I want you guys to, in your groups, guys with guys, girls with girls, just come up with some real things that you can do to learn how to listen to God, learn how to talk to him, learn how to represent him. And this is not a time to come up with crazy psycho things that you're going to go home and never do. Anybody that's ever tried to start working out, you got to start out small because if you go one day and you work out too hard, you're too sore the next day and you never work out again. Same with trying to eat healthy. You do super crazy healthy things and then you never do it again. Pick something that's realistic, and as a group, pray for one another that you would do it. One of the things I've learned through God is if you make a promise to him and you don't do it, it's not like he's going to strike you down and he's never going to use you. But it really shows something about you and your character, and you become a person that God can really use when you say, God, I'm going to do this, and you actually do it. You become more molded and shaped into that person he can really, really use when you start doing the things you say you're going to do when you're at the altar and you're feeling it and you're feeling good. So I'm going to pray for you guys. You're going to get into groups, and you're going you're gonna to make some plans. And don't go too small either, okay? Don't cop out. But I'm going to pray for you guys real quick. Lord, I lift up these students to you. I thank you so much that they have taken time out of their summer to come to serve you, to lean into you, to seek after your face like maybe they've never seeked after you before, to hear from you, Lord God, to experience you in ways that they've never experienced before. I pray that you would just bless these students. I pray that you would continue to mold them and shape them into your image, Lord, and and that they would begin to make patterns in their life that um, aren't just so that they can be some good person or some religious person or so that their youth leaders can think they're an amazing student, but because they really want to know you and be used by you. So I pray that you would bless them, and I pray that all that, that they are about to talk about, that they would really be able to put into action, Lord God. And that these would be students for the rest of their days. They are students of their word. They are students of action. They are not just trying to be good, but really trying to seek after you and to live for you, Lord. I lay all of these students at your feet. The leaders, the pastors, we entrust them to you, Lord. And we ask that you would mark them and seal them and set them apart for your purposes, Lord. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this Warweek 2016 message. We invite you to check out the rest of the podcast from this event and be encouraged by God's word.